Hypocrisy's the best policy. Wish for change, but lazily. Century of debilitation. Your evolution is a damnation. know what that music means what's up everybody it's your boy trav aka five minute major and welcome to a special preseason episode of hv pucks powered by capiche.com this is the only independent outlet dedicated to covering the sport of hockey in our region i want to start off by thanking you the listeners for your continued support and recognition of what i'm trying to do when i launched this show On January 1st, 2017, I had no idea it was going to take off and it was going to become this big. To date, I've got 6,694 downloads. The show is available for free, as you know, on Google Play, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Uh, There are 13 full-length episodes from uh, Season 1. There's 9 special edition episodes. uh, And then there's 12 episodes of just player coach interviews, post-game audio, uh, and I'm just looking to build upon the good stuff that happened last year, and I wanted to throw something out there on the podcast uh, for you all as we get ready for the high school hockey season to kick off. I apologize if I sound a little nasally. Uh, I am fighting a little bit of a cold, but again, it's important for me to get this stuff out to you. So a lot of exciting things have happened to me since our 13th show, uh, aired seven months ago and with the 2017-18 season fast approaching again I wanted to put something out there for you the fans and the listeners to enjoy so first things first the head coach for Monroe Woodbury uh, Frank Alessandrino approached me recently and asked if I'd be interested in working the clock working the scoreboard calling goals calling penalties playing a little bit of music Um, here and there. So I'm absolutely looking forward to being the voice of Monroe Woodbury Hockey for the 2017-2018 season. I'm flattered that Coach Alessandrino, who I consider to be a friend and mentor, uh, would think of me uh, for this type of opportunity. Um, Back in uh, October, on October 25th, Dean Barardo, who is the Section 1 commissioner, invited me to sit in on the annual Section 1 hockey coaches meeting. So I sat at the table with all the coaches from Section 1. I got to hear about some of the rule changes. I got to get information on playoff dates and times, which I will break down for you a little bit later on in the podcast. So again, the fact that I was invited and was able to sit at the same table with the coaches of the teams that I cover, again, huge, huge, huge. And uh, last but not least, I recently received a a direct message from Brian Riley, head coach of the West Point Black Knights Army hockey team. He uh, he said he enjoyed, you know, following me on Twitter. He likes what I'm doing. And I said, coach, it would be an honor to have you on my show. So next Sunday, November 12th, I'm going to interview head coach Brian Riley of the Black Knights Army hockey team. And that interview will definitely be featured as part of Season 2 of HV Pucks. So what's new uh, for the show this year? So the Around the Rinks segment has been scrapped. 
I figure there's plenty of ways for you to find out um, information as far as scores, um, stats, standings. So I'm going to get rid of Around the Rinks. I'm going to replace it with something else that I think you're going to enjoy just as much. So the show is going to be the opening face-off, the dump and chase segment, the in the box segment, which is my personal favorite, and stick taps. Uh, but every now and then, I'm also going to have a where are they now segment. You know, it's it's so neat to watch these players represent their schools, represent their communities during their four years of high school. But where do they go after graduation? So I'd like to reach out to any alumni, former players. If you want to come on my show and tell us about your journey post high school, um, if you're still, you know, playing the game, uh, I'd love to hear from you. So again, you can you can tweet at me at TravJack71. Uh, you can also email me. My email is at travjacks71 at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, again, let's make that happen. I'm also going to focus more on uh, or try to focus more on the Hudson Valley college pucks, um, you know, seeing what's going on with local college teams like St. Thomas Aquinas, Marist, Fordham, Columbia, you know, teams that play uh, in rinks that are occupied by teams in the Hudson Valley, featuring players from the Hudson Valley. Last night, for instance, I was up at the McCann Ice Arena in Poughkeepsie, and I got to see former Arlington standout um, Brian Hogan. Uh, scored a couple of beautiful goals for Marist, and I got to see Rob Lunder from Byram Hills patrolling the blue line and standing tall like he always did for the Bobcats. I got to see him play for Siena, you know. So as much as I can get out to these local college games, I'm going to look to do that too. And uh, last but not least, uh, I want to focus on athlete health, safety, and nutrition in a new segment called From the Trainer's Room. I think it's important that I use this platform to get as much information out there to players and coaches as possible. So let's switch gears quickly and talk about some potential topics for 2017-2018. First of all, I want to do uh, an episode dedicated solely to being a female hockey player. So ladies, this is for you. If you are a girl playing hockey, I want to hear from you. So you can, again, you can tweet at me, at TravJack71 uh, on Twitter, or you can email me. Um, travjacks71 at gmail.com and uh, let's look to make that happen again coaches I've been in touch with a lot of you I definitely want to do a show specifically about being a hockey player I'm also interested in getting your opinion on who has the best jerseys you know last year I went to a lot of games I saw a lot of nice uniforms but I'm asking you the fans the listeners the followers who has the best jersey and speaking of fans who has the best fans? Which teams pack the barn on a Friday night or on a Saturday? You know, which teams have the loudest fans, the most support coming out to the games? Uh, which is the best rink in the Hudson Valley? You know, we're lucky that we have as many rinks as we do, but which one is the best? I also want to look at the history of Hudson Valley hockey with Mike Schoenbach and Stefan Vallis. Uh, they're both a wealth of information and history and experience uh, that's so valuable um, to keep that 
keep those stories alive. So I definitely want to have those two guys on the podcast. And I also want to look at ways to expose kids to the sport of hockey and ways that we can grow the sport you know, at the grass, grassroots level. So I know Mike Benelli's doing a lot of good stuff with floorball. Um, I've seen some of his stuff on Twitter, on Instagram. So I definitely want to look to have Mike on the show as well. Let's take a quick break um, and we'll look over the, um, the rule changes and some playoff information uh, after this. This is Michael Carducci, and you're listening to the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast, available for free download on Google Play, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Now back to the show. Okay, so as I said earlier, on October 25th, I was invited to attend the Section 1 Hockey Coaches Meeting, and uh, I received a packet of information at that meeting, which talked about several different rule changes, as well as dates and times for Uh, the playoffs. So I want to review that with you now. So um, rule changes for the 2017-2018 season. Uh, This is statewide. A water bottle must be secured to the top or the back of the goal frame. This rule only applies to those keepers who bring a water bottle on the ice with them. Uh, Referees, captains, and head coaches will meet before the game to review proper equipment. They're going to make sure that everybody has their neck guards, everybody has their mouth guards, everybody has what they need to stay safe on the ice. Uh, If there is a too many men on the ice penalty, the captain can choose the player uh, who also has to be on the ice at the time when the whistle blows. So it looks like they're taking some of the responsibility away from the coaches and putting it back on the players. Uh, Spitting is an automatic disqualification. They said it often occurs when players skate by each other by the benches or near the benches. Uh, So at Bones2607 was asking me about this rule the other day. He he agrees that the rule should be in place, but he's kind of like, you know, why do we even need to have a rule? It's clear that spitting is unsportsmanlike. It's not proper. It shouldn't be allowed. And I agree with you 100%. But again, at the state level, it looks like now, if you're caught spitting on an opposing player, on the ice or when you're sitting on the bench, it's an automatic DQ. Let's not put our team behind the eight ball or put our team in a bad place. Use your head. Um, Student managers that are on or near the bench will be required to wear a helmet with a full face shield. At Legends Puck reached out to me about this one as well, and we had a good conversation back and forth. We both agree that this is a good rule to have, but again, it's kind of like, do they really need to have a rule set up about this you know it's just common sense that anybody who's going to be near the game near the ice especially with sticks and pucks and other projectiles should have the proper safety so I absolutely agree with you Um, so moving forward teams are supposed to be using NFHS which stands for the National Federation of State High School Association pucks uh, complete with an authenticating mark so teams were encouraged to budget for those pucks accordingly You know, in speaking to an athletic director recently, he was less than thrilled with the fact that with about three weeks to go before the season starts, he had to put in a $500 purchase order for these new specific special pucks with the authentic logo. Uh, And lastly, it looks like the request to use four officials was denied by the Central Committee. There is thought that this may turn into requests, however, to use a three-man officiating crew 
A few sections use the three-man crew for semifinals and championships games already. I've seen it uh, here in Section 1 whenever the games get super important. Again, playoffs, regionals, championship games. Uh, they look to have three men on the ice. And I'm all for having more eyes, you know, more bodies on the ice so we can, you know, call the game the way it needs to be called. Uh, but at the end of the day, it comes down to do re me. And uh, that's going to be an issue that teams are going to have to uh, <clears throat> address, you know, certainly at the state level. There is one rule change that's not going to take effect till the 2018-2019 season. All the rules I just outlined will take effect for this current year. However, this next rule that I'm going to talk about won't take place again until 2018-19. And that's the addition of 17-minute uh, periods and two-minute penalties. I know um, other states uh, use this model, use this format. It's considered the national standard. Uh, I know a lot of travel teams also use that. So again, it's going to come down to a little bit of uh, you know extra cabbage as teams are going to have to probably purchase two hours of ice time uh, moving forward. Let's take a look at some important dates as it relates to playoffs. The last day to play in uh in the state will be um, Sunday, February 11th. There will be a seating meeting to look at brackets and matchups and points on uh, Monday, February 12th and uh, February 13th, Tuesday, if needed. There'll be a 24-hour dispute window on uh, Wednesday, February 14th, Valentine's Day. Uh, it doesn't look like there's any out-bracket games that will be needed to be played this year. We've got 15 teams in Division One, 11 teams in Division Two. Friday, February 16th, uh, Saturday, February 17th have been identified as the opening round playoff dates. Uh, Sunday, February 18th is the, is the snow date for the opening round. Fingers crossed that we don't get any snow that will impact these dates. Uh, February 19th, Monday, and February 20th, Tuesday. Those will be the dates for your quarterfinals. The 21st of February, which is a Wednesday, will be the snow date for any quarterfinal games that need to be played. On Thursday, February 22nd, which happens to be my birthday, that's when your semifinals will be played. The sectional championship games for Division One and Division Two will be played on Saturday, February 24th with Sunday, February 25th as the snow date. It looks like Division Two will play first this year, followed by Division One. Uh, and then on Saturday, March 3rd, we will have the regional championship game. Uh, Section 1 will host the Division One. Uh, Section 1, Division One will host. So Section 9, Monroe Woodbury will be coming down from ice time to play whoever the Section 1, Division One. Uh, winner is uh, and division two the division two winner out of section one will travel to section two this year to play the winner of uh, section two uh, and then again on march 10th and 11th we've got the 2018 state championships at the harbor center in buffalo i was up there last year to watch uh, pelham and Marinek mix it up i was able to see pelham win it all it was definitely one of the highlights of my uh, first season with the podcast. So in looking at Division One, you're going to have the semifinal Saturday, March 10th at 9.30 a.m. and again at 12 p.m. 
Uh, but it looks like the winner of the Section 1 versus Section 9 will take on the winner of the Section 3 versus Section 6 at 9.30 in the morning on Saturday, March 10th. The winner of the Section 10 versus Section 2 uh, and the winner of Section 5 versus uh, Section 4 will play at 12 noon on Saturday, March 10th uh, in Division 1. In Division 2, the winner of Section 1, Section 2, will play the winner of Section 5, Section 6 in the regionals. The semifinal game for Division 2 is, again, Saturday, March 10th. That'll be a 2.30 p.m. puck drop. Uh, as far as Section 7 and Section uh, 6, they will. the winner of that game will play the winner of Section 3 versus Section 10. Uh, again, at the Harbor Center, Saturday, March 10th at 5 p.m. So your semifinal games in Buffalo, uh, again, Division 1, which is where the Section 1 winner will play. That's at 930. Uh, the Division 1 uh, second game will be at 12 noon. The first Division 2 game on Saturday, March 10th in Buffalo at the Harbor Center will be at 230. And the last game in the semifinals will be Saturday, March 10th at 5 p.m. And then on Sunday, March 11th, at uh, 12 noon, high noon, if you will, we'll have our Division I final game, uh, championship game. And then at 3 p.m. on Sunday, March 11th, again at the Harbor Center, we will have the Division II finals championship game. And uh, if you haven't been up to the Harbor Center, if you haven't been up to Buffalo, it's a wonderful city. It's a hockey-friendly city. There's lots of great places to eat. Lots of cool things to do, although, you know, March in Buffalo, it, it's really cold, but just prepare yourself accordingly. Uh, we're going to take one more quick break before we uh, uh, jump into the dump and chase. And uh, this is your boy, Trav. We'll be right back after this. It's time for the dump and chase at B Mager Lax six asks. Now that the hockey season is coming up, I'm going to ask you who are the top teams in D one and D two. Well, back on October 6th, I ran a poll asking who were the teams to beat in the section and in division one, North Rockland garnered 38% of the vote. Suffren and Mamaronek each had 26% and Scarsdale at 11%. In Division 2, Pelham came back as the team to beat with 57% of the votes, followed by Byram Hills with 23%, John Jay with 17%, and Somers North Salem at 3%. I think this year, more than ever, it's going to come down to goaltending and overall team defense, as there are a number of teams that are going to be starting goalies that really haven't had to, had to you know, carry the team on their shoulders. There's a lot of guys that are going to be getting their first start. So teams like Suffren, Mamaronek, Pelham, Clarkstown, uh, North Rockland, Mayapak are all going to be 
bringing guys that haven't been the starters before. They've played the game, of course. A lot of them play travel and play in other leagues, but this will be the first time that they're like you know carrying the weight of the entire team uh, on their shoulders. Moving right along with the dump and chase as it relates to the water bottle rule change. We heard from a number of goalies. At Chris Graham 2 asks, what am I supposed to do? Tie my bottle down? At Helps01 said, for me, it doesn't matter. The puck is never getting by me to hit the water bottle anyway. Ha ha. At Dorney Daniel said, I feel like it's reasonable. Say you get a shot that does happen to break the water bottle. The water can get all over the ice and ruin it. So I understand why that rule was created. At Rfug31 said, I don't mind the rule, but isn't this a little ridiculous at this point? There are other things that need to be addressed before what a goalie does with his water bottle. Like seriously, it's a water bottle. It might just be me, but I'd rather be seeing changes um, in, in the sense of, make, of getting better pegs for the nets so they aren't off every whistle, or even net cameras so goals can be concluded, and that it isn't based off two linesmen who are more than likely not in the proper position to see the goal anyway. Again, I don't have a problem with the rule at all. I just feel like they're prioritizing the wrong issues. I hope this answers your question. Uh, at TCAVS31 said, I find it interesting, but I don't think it will affect anyone too much. A lot of goalies I know don't even have a water bottle on top of the net most times. I do wonder how that will be enforced, though, especially if not all nets have a spot to secure the bottle. At P. Giannatiempo33 said, I think it's a smart idea. I've played with a lot of goalies who don't keep a bottle on the net for fear that it's going to get popped off. Ha ha. We will see how it goes, I guess. At Tom underscore Natoli145 said, It's a very interesting rule added by the state. Goaltenders at all levels often have nightmares of getting their water bottle popped and that embarrassing moment of having to then pick it up off the ice. I played with many goalies that would refuse to pick up their bottle and would make the referee feel the shame. High school goaltenders in the state of New York can now sleep peacefully. Uh, just as a quick aside, Tom Natoli uh, is one of a handful of uh, goaltenders that are going to be working at Madison Square Garden this season as emergency backup goalies in the event of an injury. So I'm definitely going to look to have Tom Natoli on, not just as a suffering alumni, but certainly as somebody who's gotten to the level where he can be called upon to play in an NHL game in the case of an emergency or injury. Moving right along with the dump and chase at Sean underscore Gordon one said, very interesting. I haven't kept a water bottle on top of my net for many years now because I don't like giving shooters the satisfaction of popping the bottle. But I think it's a reasonable rule. I've seen plenty of bottles fall in onto the playing surface mid-game and also a few times I've seen Gatorade bottles crack when they fall onto the ice, causing a colorful mess to the ice behind the net. At Spiro Tommy said, I kind of like that, uh, that rule because now the water bottle won't leave the net if it's knocked off. The NHL does it. I think it'll be a good change. At W Brunner 30 said, to be honest, it doesn't really affect me. If anything, it'll be nice just to be able to grab a, a drink in between whistles. At Sam underscore Seltzer said, I'm not a fan. I think it's going to be annoying to deal with between periods. Uh, is it what they have in the NHL or a different kind of strap? Again, I uh, left the meeting before they finished talking about this issue, but it's my understanding that coaches and athletic directors are working on several different ways to uh, attach 
or affix the water bottles if a goalie chooses to bring a water bottle onto the ice uh, to the net. Uh, at Ginger Tender said, I wouldn't mind it, honestly. I just think it's a one extra thing for the league to worry about. To me, it seems unrealistic that they'd put it into action. Well, Ginger Tender, it is happening. It is happening statewide. Um, and last but not least, Dylan Tolbert said, I don't bring water out onto the ice when I play, but I'm sure other goalies would appreciate it. I mean, the players will be disappointed when they can't pop the bottle, but otherwise I think it's a good rule. So I found it interesting that, uh, the goalies that we talked to, whether they're current goalies uh, or former goalies playing for Section 1 teams, uh, that they all mention the concept of being embarrassed when the shooter pops the bottle, and that's why they think it's a good rule. Um, I also am in favor of the rule because I think it's important for athletes to stay, to stay safe, to stay hydrated uh, during games. So, uh, again, that was the Dump and Chase. This is your boy, Trav. We're going to take a quick break, and uh, then we'll be back with Stick Taps. As this preseason edition of HV Pucks comes to an end, it's now time for Stick Taps, where we honor, recognize, and acknowledge individual players, coaches, teams, or hockey-related events and charities. Stick Taps out to the entire Mamaroneck community as Dick Kittle passed away on September 13th. Dick was synonymous with Mamaroneck youth sports and will be missed. And as another season is set to begin here in the Hudson Valley, it's comforting to know that we now have two Tigers watching over us all in Dick Kittle and my cousin, Guy Matthews. Stick taps out to John Quigg Jr. and his family. Uh, he was seriously injured in a diving accident on October 19th, and uh, the Testaverde Fund for Spinal Cord Injury uh, hosted a casino night. This past Thursday, November 2nd, from uh, 7 to 11 p.m. at the Woodbury Country Club, 884 Jericho Turnpike, uh, Woodbury, New York, 11797. Uh, if you want more information on how to get involved with the Testaverde Fund, you can uh, follow at Fordham Hockey or at Rich Gaberti for more info. Uh, stick taps out to uh, St. Joseph's Pre Preparatory School, who lost a friend and a teammate, Sal Denubli. Uh, from what I understand, Sal was shot and killed on Tuesday, October 24th in South Philadelphia, along with another teen, uh, Khalil Miller. Uh, and 16-year-old Brandon Oliveri has been charged with the slayings. So again, my thoughts and prayers are out to the entire St. Joseph's uh, Prep School community. Uh, stick taps out to the Monroe Woodbury varsity hockey team who are hosting their alumni game on Saturday, October 25th at uh, the ice time sports complex in Newburgh puck drop is set for 7 PM and the game will run until eight 30. Please uh, DM the Crusaders Twitter account at MW puck. You can also contact me at Travjack 71 for more information. Stick taps out to the Arlington Club hockey team of the Hudson Valley High School Ice Hockey Association, or HVHSIHA. 
uh, because they're set to face off against Washingtonville for a very good cause on Saturday, December 9th at the McCann Ice Arena in Poughkeepsie. Puck drop is set for 7 p.m., and all proceeds are to benefit the Sparrow's Nest Hudson Valley, which is a local nonprofit that aims to serve homemade food to families who have been diagnosed with cancer. To order a customized jersey or for more information, please visit the team's account on Twitter at Arlington Hockey, or again, you could DM me or tweet at me at TravJax71. Stick taps out to uh, <clears throat> Coach Ed Witz and his 2017 New York State Division II champion Pelham Pelicans varsity hockey team as they are hosting a huge tournament at the Ice Hutch in Mount Vernon. In total, 15 teams from the Hudson Valley and across New York State will face off against each other during the weekends of December 1st and December 8th. Be sure to follow the Pelham Memorial High School team's Twitter account at PMHS Varsity Puck. For more information, you could also follow Ed Witz's Twitter account at Ed Witz. Uh, and you could also certainly follow me at TravJack71. DM me for more information. And we'll be right back after this. This is Sam Seltzer, and you're listening to the Hudson Valley Hockey Podcast, available for free download on Google Play, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Now back to the show. I hope you enjoyed this special preseason edition of HV Pucks, the number one destination for hockey talk in our region. Before I sign off, I want to thank my beautiful wife, Marisol, and my two daughters, Juliana and Kayla, for their never-ending support, love, patience, and understanding as I embark on what I expect to be another exciting hockey season, which will take me from Ebersol on Wednesday, November 22nd, all the way to the Harbor Center on Friday, March 9th. You can find me on Twitter at TravJack71, on Instagram at 5 underscore min underscore major, and on Snapchat at 5 underscore min major. I got to tighten up on my uh, my snap game, but I'm definitely trying to get uh, more hockey stuff on Snapchat. Uh, and if you like the music you've heard throughout the show, check out the EP Broken Walls by Fracture, which is available on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. You can also find them on Twitter at Fracture underscore band, on Instagram at Fracture Official, Fracture Band Official on Facebook, and www.fractureofficial.com on the web. This is your boy Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major, and I'll see you at the rink. <laughs>